All right, Brian, uh, some other guys that really stood out. I know uh, just from from talking to some people, uh, you, you know, we all had this sense watching the game, but I know just from talking to some people around the team uh, in the last 24 hours, man, DeMarvian Overshone made a big impression. You mentioned the linebacker specifically. Damone Clark was also, I think, very good. But DeMarvian Overshone, you know, as somebody I talked to had said, you know, when, when he goes in there on that third and one, on the yeah. second drive, first or second drive, and he makes that stop in the hole on Tank Bigsby. As somebody with the team told me, they said, that's not a small guy. He just yeah. stood up in the hole. That is it. That is a guy whose name is Tank. Tank Bigsby, he stands up there. And you know what it reminded me of? I, I don't want to get too aggressive. Not nearly the stakes are the same or anything else. But, Brian, it did have a little bit of the, uh, you know, the brick wall feel of Ken Norton on third down against Kenneth Davis in Super Bowl Twenty Seven. He comes in the hole, and he just stands him up and pushes him back. And I didn't know if DeMarvion Overshone, for all his athleticism and everything else, I never looked at him as, that's power. That's the ability to just, you know, form tackle and stand somebody up. So that was really positive right there. And I know you had mentioned it on Twitter. He's still relatively new at this position, linebacker playing this full time. He, he yeah. was recruited to Texas as a defensive back. The instincts have been really impressive because those are, those are sort of innate and you don't know necessarily if he's going to have those. And when you see him on the field, there is a, a clear trust from this coaching staff in him. He's the one doing the pregame hype speech, which is unusual for a rookie, even in a preseason game. Um, but, man, I thought DeMarvian Overshone was fantastic in this game. Yeah, and as you mentioned, all the linebackers I thought played very well in this football game. You know, their ability to get to the ball, the ability to finish. When you looked at the tackle sheet, you know, they were all, uh, all their representative. But with Overshone, what I worried about him, Bobby, is he's super aggressive. And I yep. was worried about, okay, are we going to see those zone or those outside zones where he's just, when they're going to run the ball and he's going to have to, you know, he's got to fly outside and can he, can he maintain his, his balance and then figure out a way not to overrun the play, not to let the ball come back behind him. Because you're right about Tank Bigsby. When you watched him play at Auburn, that was a downhill player. A lot of guys in the SEC had trouble tackling him, short yardage. He was always a falling forward, working forward guy. So, you know, for him to get that opportunity to make a play in the hole like that, I think showed uh, it showed really good awareness. It showed where he needed to fit. Uh, you know, again, the, the thing you worry about a young player is overrunning a play, being too aggressive. And the way it opened up, he was right where he needed to be and was able to finish. But he was also showed the ability to cover. He showed some sideline to sideline in him. And I think the most important thing is his ability to finish. You know, that's what you need with these linebackers. You know, you got to have guys that – you know, when they get in that position to make a play and to make a big play, they find a way to finish. And, and he did a, a really nice job of that right off uh, right off the jump in this first preseason game. They are they are so excited about DeMarvian Overshone as a coaching staff, as a scouting staff. Uh, and, and look, I'll be honest, I, I'm a uh, University of Texas Longhorns fan, hook them. Uh, it's our year, I, I promise. It, this year, it doesn't matter if Alabama knocks out our starting starting quarterback because we got two of them behind Quinn Ewers that are better than anything Alabama can throw out there right now. And Malik Murphy and Art Manning, we're going to be ready, Brian. But with that said, I, I think we even talked about this on the draft show at the time. I was not a, a huge fan of the overshone pick. 
Um, I, I, I like his, his work ethic. I like his football character. Those were all big pluses for him. But I, I felt like you. There was a little bit of guessing at times. Um, I mean, shoot, we see – we mentioned his name already on this podcast. That was Malik Jefferson's entire MO at Texas was, right. was guessing. Um, and so I, I did feel a little bit like, okay, he, he felt like he had kind of underwhelmed a little during his time at UT. And so – and I didn't see anything on tape that really flashed and said, oh, this is, this is a stud. Like that was a guy I, I would have felt more comfortable taking on day three – and, you know, Mitch LaPointe told us, one, one of the, the very higher-ups in the Cowboys scouting department, had told us, man, that's my favorite pick of the draft, DeMarvian Overshone. And that, that's a guy who I, we would have been interested in taking him in the second round, we think so highly of him. And you're starting to see it now just with the, the leadership traits, the football IQ. I mean, the fact that it's not normal, like I said, for a rookie to stand up there and give you the, uh, you know, the pregame speech. It's not normal for the rookie to get the green dot slapped on his helmet in the fourth padded practice or whatever it is. Um, and so just a lot of encouraging aspects there to DeMarvian Overshone and what he's done. The other linebacker we mentioned in there just a little bit, uh, Damone Clark. Uh, what did you think overall about his play? And I know you guys actually had a chance on the G-Bag Nation to talk to Clark, um, you know, out there at training camp and, Eric Chiafalo, one of your co-hosts and the the pregame co-host on the Cowboys right now. Yeah, I felt like the, you know when you looked at when you looked at where Clark played and, and everything else. Yeah, the, I think the thing with Clark, I, I really uh, was super happy for him. Uh, you know, and I, I think it was this time last year we weren't even sure that Demon Clark was going to be playing football. We just didn't. I mean, it was one of those. It's a Brett Brown time. miracle. Yeah, it's it really is to the fact that they found that he had a physical problem. They were able to fix it. Uh, the, the kid showed tremendous toughness to fight back. Uh, Britt Brown, one of the best you know, uh, rehab you know guys in the league. Uh, you know, he's a damn good trainer. I mean, his people trust him. He's hard on these guys, but he gets them to perform. And he gets them back, and and that's the most thing. And and so to me, you've got to have that kind of understanding as a player. And he's got that toughness. And he was a really good player at LSU for us. Super proud of the way he played at LSU. And so for him to, and you know, last year when he was on the field, um, I felt like that Leighton Vanderesh really helped him as much as he could. You know, there was yep. some learning. There was some learning curve issues that he had to deal with. But he, I mean, you watch him now, they totally, they totally are on board with just putting him out there and letting him go. You know, I mean, it, it used to be with, if he didn't have Leighton, he was kind of a confused player. He might not have reacted in a quick enough manner. With Anthony Barr, I didn't think he was as good because, you know, Leighton was helping him along. But you don't, you don't see that as much. You don't see him. I mean, it got to the point now where we're watching practice and they've been working with Leighton Vanderesh as an edge. You know, Leighton has gone down and worked with defensive line on pass rush stuff. So that just tells me that if they're going to use Leighton Vanderesh as a, a down rush or a potential edge in some situations, that, you know, that Damone Clark is one of these guys that's going to have to play the linebacker role. He's going to have to be with the other, uh, the safety nickel linebacker guys. And he's going to have to handle that responsibility. And he got put in some situations yesterday, too, dealing with the run, sideline to sideline stuff, having to find a way to get these. I think Jacksonville's got a good group of backs when it comes to running the ball. I mean, there was no slouches when they, 
know, they were handing the ball to guys and the Cowboy linebackers were getting in position to make plays. But, you know, he got thrown in some coverage things too. I mean, now, I will say this. Uh, you know, the interception that uh, that Wanye Thomas had, he was having to carry a guy. There was some separation there. You could see a little bit of some separation. You know, he got caught in a coverage situation where he was having to chase. You know, but fortunately, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, tried to make a play and then, you know, Wanye Thomas was there. But for the most part, though, everything that he was put in or asked to do, I felt like that he was he was on top of what needed to be done. And, I, and that's that is so much of a different um, way of playing as maybe what we saw last year when he was really kind of not unsure. He was playing unsure, uh, you know, without Van Der Esch in there. Now with Van Der Esch not with him, you've seen, uh, seen him. He's learned a lot uh, in this last year. Yeah, I, I think that that's, you know, incredibly encouraging right there, and especially because, that, honestly, linebacker depth has been something that I think we've had a sneaky concern about, yeah. uh, you know, heading into this camp. And so – for you to see Overshone and Clark do what they did, and you already know what you have in Parsons, and when he's healthy, you know what you have in Leighton Vander Esch. I, I think that that was incredibly encouraging. Uh, two other quick players I want to touch on uh, before we jump into the mailbag here, Brian. Uh, obviously, the star of the night, the star of the game, Deuce Vaughn. Um, you know, put on display the the shiftiness, the elusiveness. You saw the pass catching ability. I mean, with a better throw from Will Greer, he walks into the end zone uh, on that Texas route. Um, you know, the, the question has never been the elusiveness or, or anything like that in terms of that. That's not a thing where you even have to ask, is this going to translate? You know that that shiftiness, that elusiveness he puts on tape, that's an NFL trait. Though Those are absolutely NFL skills that he has. The question obviously is about being 5'5 five, five flat and, and, and will his frame hold up? Um, but I mean, all the things that you believe will translate at the next level so far have, and, and I don't think that's a surprise to anybody, but your overall thoughts on how Deuce Vaughn looked. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, we've seen a lot of games, especially where we live here in uh, big 12 country where Deuce Vaughn, uh, has been super productive in big games, you know, in Kansas state and nothing against Kansas state. But, you know, when you watch them play, they've got a good team. You know, they're an eight, nine-win team when they play. And, you know, the talent level there is is good. It's probably not good Oklahoma or Texas or, you know, has. But it it's good. It's a talented football team. And their best player is a guy like Deuce Vaughn. And, you know, the, the fact that Deuce Vaughn – Deuce Vaughn got selected where he did because he's 5'5". Five, five. You know, yep. if you – if you if you really challenged scouts to evaluate him and say evaluate him but don't look at his height don't look at his height there's scouts that would have had him a lot higher that you could watch him on tape is he is he the fastest guy can he run away from people no but can he is his initial quickness and burst enough to buy him extra yards absolutely Balance, body control, ability to spin, ability to make guys miss, absolutely. That's something you saw at Kansas State. And, you know, the thing, that, the thing that's been – you could always watch him do Svon's tape was his ability to catch the football. You know, his ability to go up and get it. He, he, he did a really nice job, as you mentioned. You know, if, they, if, if Greer had time, a little bit more time, you know, he had to kind of 
float that ball a little bit because he was feeling a little pressure. But, you know, that's it was a nice play. It really, really was. It was a great route. His ability to break down the linebacker, get inside, create open space there, separation. Those are the things that Deuce Vaughn does, you know. And, uh, you know, he's they're going to have to try and find ways. Uh, is he going to be a special teams guy? Can he? I think, and I've said this a bunch, Bobby. I said it yesterday on the pregame show and a little bit on the postgame show, I think. The, the thing with Deuce Vaughn, who is whoever the third running back is, that's probably going to have to be your primary special teams player, you know, because there's things because of his height that limit what he can do on special teams. You know, he the, the punt the punt return opportunity that he had, you know, he, he just when I watched him in Oxnard, I don't feel like he was totally comfortable getting under punts. And then he had that one opportunity with the ball bounced. I'm going to say it's like around the 20 maybe around the 20-yard line, you know, 18-yard line, or maybe a little bit more than that. just can't remember the exact spot, but it's one of those things where if you get over and field it, the ball's right there on the 20, 22-yard line. Instead, yeah. it bounces and it ends up, you know, right around the 10. You know, that's just, you know, and if the ball's going over there, I mean, the one thing he's got to learn to do is just – He's got to run, get himself set up, and then make that catch. I'm sure it's something he would like to have back. He probably didn't want to, after they'd had some problems on that, you know, on that punt return before where they fumbled, he probably didn't want to give up another play, you know. But I just feel like, though, his his value to this team will be offensively to create opportunities, the swings, the Texas routes, the screens. You know, things like that, they they will figure out ways to use him where he, you know, and I don't think I don't think the fact that he played late in that game, you know, second half, I don't care who he's playing against. You can play him against the ones, you can play him against the threes, it doesn't matter. This guy's gonna find a way to make plays. He's just he's a football yeah. player. That's really what he is. Yeah, and, and to your point you mentioned the reason he, he got picked as late as he did is because he's five five. That's exactly uh, why it is. I believe I know I did this on the air. I don't remember if I, we did this here on Love the Star, but just as a refresher, you know, I, I reached out to three personnel guys across the league outside of Dallas, and I remember I just said, "Hey, uh, we all feel here in Dallas like this was not a charity selection. You know, this is this is a legitimate football player. Just curious what your thoughts were. This was one quote I got: uh, definitely not a charity selection. Uh, change of pace back with vision, athleticism, and a solid pass catching skill set." He went in the right range. Second guy said, had him in the fifth round. He's got incredible COD. That's change of direction. Change of direction, yeah. Quick mental processing, zero fear running inside. Incredibly tough, plus pass catcher. Size limits how much you can have him on the field. Sometimes a bit too eager to bounce it outside instead of letting things develop in front of him. He'll stick, though. Uh, And then the third guy I talked to said, he was late day three for me. Had some backs I liked more that didn't get drafted. Love the elusiveness, but size and athletic imitations are just too significant for him to contribute in a meaningful way. Not for us, but went around later than I thought he would. So a lot of positivity. Everybody feels like he is a legitimate player. Last guy I want to throw out here before we get into the mailbag, Brian, because I know you had noticed him mention him, and we've taken a fair share of kicking him on this show, and I know I've kicked him elsewhere. But I know you, you thought that Calvin Joseph did some decent things in this game. Yeah, I sure did. And I went back and I watched him this morning and just to focus on him. And I felt like 
there were some things in coverage that he was able to do. You know, and when when you ask Kelvin Joseph to stay with somebody, now the problem with Kelvin Joseph is, and and he, you know, he's he's going to be a little handsy, he's going to be a little grabby, but the way that he was able to show up in this game, and they've asked him to do some things in coverage on the outside, they've asked him to play a little bit on the inside. I kind of felt like that Kelvin Joseph was he wasn't a liability back there you know and they've they've had it was yeah there was some tough there was some tough sledding for some of those guys you know in the in the second half I mean I think that I, with Eric Scott you know playing he's used to playing off and stuff like that but you know there was a lot of space on the outside with those those twos and threes you yeah. know there were too many times where you know it's like uh, I think uh, Mandel was another one that they kind of picked on a little bit with some space stuff, but uh, with Kelvin Joseph, I, I'm, I'm not willing to give up on him, and I know a lot of people are, and I, I just feel like though that if he's one of these guys that could have some success, you know, if he could have a little success, knock a ball down or two, don't get called for some penalties, you know, just play in position. I feel like he's got that kind of ability. He hasn't played a whole hell of a lot of football, and I, and I get it. He's there's things in the off field stuff that you know people are like. Oh, see, I told you, bad guy, this, that, and the other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm like, to, I'm to like, be honest, he, yeah. he hasn't played a lot. He hasn't played a lot of football in large. He hasn't due to things he's done. It, exactly. No, I, and I'm not trying to. And trust me, LSU guy, Kentucky, you know. But I kind of feel like though, when you watch him play, there are things that he does that you're like, okay, that's good coverage right there. Okay, look yeah. at him run with the guy. Look at him turn with this guy. Look at the guy try and shake him. Can't shake him. You know? I I just feel like, though, to me, I'd put him out there and just keep playing him. You know, these you got two more preseason games. You know, find find out really what this guy is all about. You know, I mean, he's I, – I felt like yesterday that there were a couple of times when I watched him and going back and watching this morning – where it's like, okay, that that's that's a good rep. Oh, that's another good rep. You know, usually you think, oh, well, he's a liability out there because he's going to make a stupid mistake. He's going to get a holding penalty. He's going to run into somebody. He's going to do something that's make a boneheaded play. But I just felt like yesterday was a, a pretty decent day for him having to play some pass coverage. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that he, he definitely stepped up. That's what you want to see. And he yeah. struggled during training camp so that that's definitely what you want to see there you are listening to the love of the star podcast the love of the stars and odyssey podcast you can find it on the odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts